My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. And with you, A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remained upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. So three different things caught my attention this week, even though none of these things would ever be on my radar usually. I would much rather have preached about the evils of the Boston Red Sox that were revealed this week, coupled with the evils of the Houston Astros, all of whom conspired against my beloved Yankees, but I'll save that for another time and I digress. Thank you. Um, <laughs> The three things, though, that caught my attention this week were Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, Oprah Winfrey, and American Idol. Why Americans who fought a war to free ourselves from English royalty are still fascinated by it, I'll never know. But whether you're interested in it or not like myself, there it was on the front pages of all of our newspapers and one of the lead stories of all the news broadcasts. Less than two years after the big royal wedding of Prince Harry and American actress Meghan Markle, it was revealed that the couple decided to step away from their royal duties, whatever those things are. And in short, they didn't want to have any senior roles in the royal family anymore. On the other end of the spectrum, the story number two, it's hard to imagine an individual who has had more of an impact on American culture and society, if not on a global level, than Oprah Winfrey. She's this legendary television talk show host. She's an accomplished actress. She's a philanthropist. She's a producer. She's a media, media executive. Someone said that she's worth $2.7 billion herself. So when she decided to open up about her romantic life this past week, that too made national headlines as well as international ones. Oprah talked about her relationship with Stedman Graham that they first met in the late 1980s. They dated and they were subjected to all kinds of tabloid speculation of would they, should they, would they ever get engaged to be married, which they did. They got engaged back in 1993, but never went through with the marriage. And she explained why this past week. She said, I realized I didn't actually want a marriage. I wanted to be asked. I wanted to know he felt I was worthy of being his missus. But I didn't want the sacrifices, the compromises, the day-in and day-out commitment required 
to make marriage work. My life with the show was my priority, and we both knew it. In between these two breaking stories, commercials advertising the start of another season of the television program American Idol started popping up. Hard to believe it's been on the air for the most part since 2002. The singing competition where ordinary regular people can audition and then they make the cut, end up on air performing, all with the the great hope that they might secure enough viewers' votes to make it onto the next round. It's been called the most impactful show in the history of American television, not only being this huge ratings success, but launching the careers of tons of new stars who remain chart-topping successes long after they've been on the program. One interview, though, from a few years ago featured this young woman who didn't make the cut, didn't make it into the competition, and they showed a clip of her singing, which sounded great to me, but the judges were very dismissive. They didn't think she had the quality to endure. And all you saw was this young girl weeping, almost inconsolable with grief, talking to her mother, devastated, saying, I know this is what I was born to do. One thing links all these stories. People are fascinated with Meghan and Prince Harry stepping down from their senior roles in the royal family. People are interested in Oprah and Sedman's decision not to get married while dating for over 25 years. People still tune into American Idol and watch this on an annual basis, all in part because they deal with questions of identity, who someone is, who they're not, which is something that every human being can relate to and reflect on. Seeing these things in a very public way, one couple struggling to decide what their public and their private lives encompasses and the expectations of their families. Another couple sharing their decision to put their professional lives ahead of their their personal ones. Countless individuals trying to figure out, what was I born to do? Is this what I was born to do? All these things tap into those universal searches for meaning, for questions of purpose, understanding who we are, And what is our identity? And that's never a bad thing for us to revisit or reflect on. But it's really, really important to know where to look for guidance on these things as we try to come to those important answers, which is why it's a great thing that we're here today. Because our loving Father, God himself, who loved us into existence, is a good source for those answers. I would argue, is the only good source. And he reveals some really beautiful things in these scripture readings that we just heard. The Lord is reminding us that he created each and every one of us for a special purpose. Each and every one of us has a role to play. Each and every one of us, God looks at and says, I need you to do something particular, something specific, something only you can fulfill to help bring my grace and my life, and my light, and my love into this world. In that first reading from Isaiah, we hear this quote, and just imagine yourself saying this. 
The Lord said to me, you are my servant, through whom I will show my glory. Now the Lord has spoken, who formed me as his servant from the womb. Before we were even born, while we were in our mother's wombs, God knew us. God loved us. God had a plan for us. And Isaiah is reflecting on that, on how God created him. And his example reminds us that that's true for all of us as well. God created us with a specific role to play. And when we're rooted in that, and with that vision that God has for our lives, like Isaiah, we can hear God say through us, I will show my glory. People will see his light through us, a light that reaches the very ends of the earth. And that's why we responded to that psalm with the words, Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will. It affirms that the only way we can really find joy and fulfillment in this life is when we do what God created us to do, when we cooperate with his plan, not our plan. When we take all these passions and desires and talents that we have and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do with all these great things you've given me? Which is what led us into that second reading. Paul's very brief excerpt from his letter to the Corinthians, where he says that we have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be holy, which again tells us that you and I are indeed special and unique in God's eyes, that each of us has a role to play in his creation. But he goes on and says that we are called to be holy with all those everywhere who call upon the name of the Lord. So St. Paul is hitting us with a don't get a big head warning. Yes, we are called. Yes, we are special. Yes, we are unique. But so is everyone else, even those that we might not particularly like. Yes, God's called us to something, we're, but we're a part of something bigger than ourselves as individuals. There is only one person who is the center of, of the universe and of all creation, and it's not us. Which enter John the Baptist in the gospel to tell us who it is. The center of the universe, the center of all history, is Jesus. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. There's no greater gift that God could give us than to take away the sins of the world. There's no other way for us to figure out our purpose than if we too are amazed with John at Jesus' presence, if we behold his presence here among us today. Who are you? What is your identity? What do, were you born to do? You and I were born to somehow make Jesus known to this world around us. You and I are to make Jesus present in our, our workplaces, in our schools, in our homes, especially to those who desperately need to meet him. You and I are meant to say to the world that Jesus is the answer to our questions. Jesus is the way out of our sins. Jesus is the way to peace and salvation. And it can be hard for us to figure this, this out, especially with 
just daily responsibilities and all kinds of challenges that we face. Family, friends, co-workers all have all kinds of expectations. And there's enough judgments being passed on how well we do this on a daily basis, whether it's someone getting a grade in a class or an evaluation from a boss or even a friend's remark or a family member's comment here or there, whatever. We might not have the same number of people evaluating and commenting on us in our lives as Megan and Harry and Oprah. Or we might not have as many people judging and voting on us like any of the contestants from American Idol have. But in our own circles around us, it can be just as difficult to navigate, especially in the day to day. That's why we have to listen to the words of Jesus. He's inviting us to something greater than all these things, especially the things that can weigh us down. He's saying to us, you're already someone very, very special. My Father has made you with a unique fire, something that makes you different from anyone who has come before or ever will come again. All out of my Father's love for you. You have been loved. You are loved. And you are meant to be in eternal union, eternal relationship, eternal love with love himself, with God himself. That is who you are. That is your purpose. That is your identity. Jesus asks us, will you help me share that good news with the world? Will you help my church in proclaiming that message? Will you do what you were truly born to do?